This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, January 31st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. GOP retreat. House Ag sets Purdue hearing. Cotton reform costs. Regulatory cooperation. USDA denies waiver. And Chinese GMO rice. Unwelcome. Republicans head for congressional retreat. Congress shuts down for the rest of the week starting today. House and Senate Republicans head to West Virginia for their annual policy retreat. Vice President Mike Pence will meet with the lawmakers this evening, and President Trump expected to be with them tomorrow. House Ag sets Purdue hearing. The House Agriculture Committee has scheduled a hearing next Tuesday with Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue. Perdue likely to be questioned about a wide range of matters before the department, including his views on farm bill issues. Report estimates cost of cotton reforms. An analysis of the cotton reform proposals being considered in Congress indicates that the costs could vary widely from year to year. Former USDA Chief Economist Joe Glauber estimates that provisions in the House-passed disaster bill would have paid as much as $1.3 billion had they been in place between 2007 and 2016. However, in most years, the cost would have been much lower. In 2016, he estimates that payments would have totaled just $349 million. A provision that the Senate is considering would have paid a maximum of $619 million during that 10-year period and $469 million in 2016, more than the House version. The cost of the House provision is fully offset by changes in farm programs, including the elimination of generic base, which is former cotton acreage. The Senate provision is written so that it creates new funding for the Farm Bill. The House bill would make seed cotton eligible for the Price Loss Coverage Program, while the Senate would make cotton seed eligible for the PLC. Seed cotton is unsigned cotton that still has the seed attached. The cost estimates were part of a study that Glauber did for the American Enterprise Institute. USDA, FDA pledge greater cooperation on regulations. USDA and the Food and Drug Administration have entered into a formal agreement aimed at making the oversight of food and plant traits more efficient and effective by bolstering coordination between the two agencies. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue and FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb signed the agreement yesterday at the White House before members of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture. The agreement outlines efforts to increase interagency cooperation on food inspections, produce safety and biotechnology activities, while providing clarity to manufacturers, USDA and FDA both said at a joint news release. Secretary Purdue said Congress passed the Food Safety Modernization Act and assigned responsibilities to the USDA and the FDA. He said the USDA has the knowledge and expertise to support the FDA's work related to farming. We at the USDA have a motto, do right and feed everyone. We believe this joint effort will help us move one step closer to that goal. The Biotechnology Innovation Organization welcomed the agreement. Dana O'Brien, Biles Executive Vice President for Food and Agriculture, said the organization has long supported a more harmonized, coordinated framework for science-based regulation, especially in regard to the treatment of future products such as gene-edited innovations. For an in-depth look at how the two agencies plan to work more broadly with other government agencies, don't miss Bill Thompson's story in today's AgriPulse newsletter. It's hitting your inboxes later this morning. 
USDA rejects proposal for line speed increase. The Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service has denied a National Chicken Council petition seeking to implement a waiver system for maximum line speeds in poultry processing plants. NCC was seeking a system to exempt young chicken establishments from the regulation that prescribes 140 birds per minute as the maximum line speed under the new poultry inspection system, that according to FSIS. In a letter to NCC President Mike Brown, Carmen Rottenberg, acting deputy undersecretary of the Office of Food Safety, said the agency determined that it is not necessary to establish a separate system for line speed waivers. FSIS had already implemented a procedure for an establishment to request a waiver, according to Rottenberg. FSIS also denied a request to allow waivers that would greenlight facilities to operate under NPIS without maximum line speeds. At a statement, Brown said, NCC is disappointed about the denial of the petition, but encouraged that there will be a viable path forward in the near future for those plants operating under NPIS to petition the agency for increased line speeds if they maintain a record of process control. He said that it was the original intent of NCC's action, and he hopes criteria for that waiver will be released soon. Purdue stresses unresolved U.S. dairy demands in NAFTA. Not much was said about agricultural issues by the top U.S., Canadian, and Mexican negotiators when they brought the sixth round of NAFTA negotiations to a close on Monday. But USDA Chief Sonny Perdue is stressing that the U.S. is still intent on its demands for Canada to end its supply management system. Purdue, talking to members of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture at a White House meeting yesterday morning, said that President Donald Trump and U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer continue to pressure Canada to lift its steep tariffs on U.S. dairy and abandon a milk pricing program that results in the overproduction and export of non-fat skim powder. Farm Group dismayed at FDA approval of Chinese GMO rice. USA Rice Federation is not happy about the decision by the FDA to effectively approve as safe a strain of rice that has been genetically modified in China. Last week, Chinese news agencies excitedly reported on the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's granting approval to an experimental genetically modified rice strain, according to the group yesterday. USA Rice does not share their excitement and does not want GM rice to enter the United States. U.S. consumers and overseas customers that import U.S. rice still do not want to buy genetically modified rice. That's why the USA rice is eager to keep it out of the U.S. USA rice president and CEO Betsy Ward said, Our position on GM rice has not changed. While we do not object to sound science, the public overwhelmingly does not want GM rice. Until that changes, we see no need to introduce GM rice into the food supply here. U.S. rice farmers saw exports plummet in 2006 that after the discovery of the unapproved Biotech Liberty Link 601 rice in U.S. rice supplies. U.S. rice exports to the European Union dropped from about 275,000 tons in 2005 to just 10,000 tons in 2006, that according to USDA data. In 2013, the U.S. sold just 177 tons of rice to the European Union. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, January 31st. 
AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Kelly.